So what is your podcast setup usually? Um, so I usually use Skype if the person's comfortable, which most people say, oh yeah, Skype, that's a thing that exists. And then they find their old username and then we get on. Actually, before we start, I am going to make sure, here, I'm going to stop mine. I'm going to make sure that this is recording correctly. All of us talking about it has me paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. After that boost of confidence. <laughs> Cool. All right. Let's get this started. Um, so, first of all, housekeeping. Zach is not joining us today. He, he he asked us last week if because he's been super busy with work, if he can take a day off. And as if we're having some kind uh, of like a, structure like here. Like we have any authority over this decision. <laughs> yeah. so, so, obviously, we, we granted, without knowing that we had that power, we granted him a day off. Um, and instead, we thought we used that opportunity to kick off our kind of indie developer special that we, I think we mentioned before in an episode where we're kind of we're aiming again we, we're never on schedule on anything but we're aiming for having special guests in the in the ios mac os community mm -hmm. to join us um kind of in alternating weeks fortnights for for our british and australian listeners um and we're starting this week off with charlie charlie chapman um probably known in i don't know i always feel awkward letting people introduce themselves because they're always kind of uncomfortable talking about all their all their achievements and all their their great stuff but so i thought i kind of go through that because i feel more comfortable um well when you have a huge list like i do it's like i don't even know, where <laughs> yeah, to start. I know. that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> don't even know where to get started but i think um my favorites at least uh launch fm the podcast you're hosting uh also with indie developers which kind of is um and was kind of the inspiration for us to to try something as well because I do think it's it's super valuable to to get indie developers more more presence because realistically we can't be in a world where every indie developer has their own podcast <laughs> or indie <laughs> I mean, developers we, we already could. having We're rapidly approaching <laughs> yeah we, we we are approaching that so on an infinite time scale we probably get there but in the meanwhile <laughs> it's really good to have something like launch fm where where if you're interested in indie development either as someone who's indie themselves because i think it's super valuable to when you're working by yourself to kind of hear other people that have uh, wins in their in their indie indie careers or or struggling and kind of hearing other people talk about both how they attempted things, what kind of approaches they took, and I think that's super super valuable and I really appreciate the podcast you're doing over there. Um, but also, obviously, Dark Noise, uh, the the app that you work on um, that you just released, Dark Noise Two. Um, I think that is that is also an app that's really really nice. Mm -hmm. And you said that it was your first iOS app, right? Yes. Yeah. That was my, like, uh, I need to learn iOS because <laughs> I <laughs> talked my way into an iOS team <laughs> with zero experience. So I should probably uh, do stuff on the side. But that's, that's what that was. That's an insane first app, I got to say. It's, mm. it's such a nice, it's like one of those, um, uh, standard recommendation. If someone asks me, Hey, what, what does it look nice, uh, iOS app look like nowadays? I, I kind of pointed at your app. And that that is your first effort in an iOS app is insane to me. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of uh, like, oh, I can just spend a ridiculous amount of time on small <laughs> details. Uh, I don't get to do that at work where everything's, you know, streamlined and story, yeah. story points driven. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that might be part of it. All right. <laughs> I move I, I slow. Think I think we'd get more into, into how you achieve what you achieve because I don't know. There's so many things that are just, 
like just the animation when you start and stop uh, uh, playback. Yeah, it's yeah, just I love that. Really delightful. Like you're you're swiping up and down to expand to play. It's just so many nice things. It's 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 very. Um, yeah, it's it's insane to me that that was your first effort of an <laughs> But well, thank you. <laughs> it, it's a great bar to aim for. Like if if I think back at my first, that was a dumb table view, like your standard IRS app. And then I looked at yours, and I was like, oh man, how I have not what what other things has Charlie done before? I was like, hmm, <laughs> that was the first effort. But yeah, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, yeah, we just wanna um, talk a bit about both. Uh, like both dark noise and also about launched and just a bit in general, like have a casual conversation about uh, like how you like the indie lifestyle in the dev lifestyle, I guess. And um, yeah, just have like a casual conversation about it. Um, but first, uh, we wanted to kick off with like some rapid round questions. Um, this is, we'll see how this goes. And you're a bit um, of a guinea pig here. <laughs> uh, for volunteering to be part of the first one of the series means we kind of see what works and what doesn't. So, uh, perfect. If this I'm is getting a little taste of my own medicine, I do this to <laughs> other people every other week. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. And, uh, the power of, of Logic Pro, we, we added out everything that's too, too weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Just yeah, assume so, there was some really awkward answers in here. Uh, <laughs> didn't make the final cut. And if they're all awkward, we don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> yeah. All right, Malin. All right. I, I really think you wouldn't have an awkward, awkward answer about this, but now I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Tea or coffee? Oh, uh, coffee definitely. Uh, <laughs> I like tea, but I'm definitely not not a like a super into tea. Whereas coffee, I kind of like to get into all the different ways of making it all awesome. right so maybe we, okay we, now i have we a follow-up have question a, yeah breakout <laughs> podcast into coffee at some point yeah. <laughs> well i don't know I, I don't know how far uh, <laughs> far for midwest american uh, you know my like fancy tastes are maybe uh, uh you know slightly <laughs> upgraded from uh folgers or something <laughs> so what do you what do you use to make your coffee um well, so have you ever heard of Keurig? It's this really... Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite is a, like an espresso machine. Okay. Um, okay. But I do like... Uh, I have uh, AeroPress and... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I have way too many ways of making coffee. But <laughs> my favorite is definitely just a plain espresso. Okay. And you make that at home or you go places? Uh, well, at places as okay. well. Although, <laughs> like, Starbucks is, is the place in my okay. in my town, so uh, please don't judge me too much. And I, I actually do genuinely like it. Uh, but uh, I, at home is where I mostly make it. Awesome. I mean, going places is also probably more challenging at the moment than than usual. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> um. All right. Um. What are you watching, reading, or playing right now? Well, uh, so I have two two young children, so right now it's mostly just survival mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, if I think of like how much TV have I watched and what would it be, it would mostly be like Paw Patrol or uh, you know, whatever kid show du jour. But uh, I did I did sneak a few minutes because uh, I can I can jerry rig a system where I can use my AirPods to listen to my TV while yep. they're uh-huh. supposed to be falling asleep. Uh, so I did finally start that uh, Michael Jordan, well, Bulls. Oh, yeah. Uh, documentary on netflix Th- yep, and that was really good it's excellent yeah i'm like i don't know maybe halfway through so that's that's the one i'm watching right now all right good choice <laughs> <laughs> um desktop or laptop uh laptop although for the first time in a while i have a i have a new desktop over here that i had to shut off before this started uh that 
I can't talk about. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a s- Surface Studio, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so do you work from a desk then, or do you usually, uh, do you usually move around with a laptop and work from different places? Um, so, like, for work... Well, right now it's the summer and my wife's a teacher, so I actually do get to work in my office. So I have I have a little standing desk, which, like, when I record, I usually stand and then I kind of go back and forth whenever I'm working. Uh, but for, well, once the school year starts and I have kids, I'm going to be all over the place with a laptop, which is where laptops are nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. then whenever I do dark noise work, it's kind of like I'm sneaking work in in whatever environment I can. And so uh, <laughs> sometimes it's on the counter. Sometimes it's on the couch or in our bedroom or, you know, wherever I can. So, mm. All right. Which Mac, to- I-, I was like, what, what am I writing here? Uh, which laptop are you using right now? Uh, so I have the 16 inch MacBook pro, nice. which I was the one, yeah, very so the one anxiously awaiting for a long time. And uh, <laughs> that is probably the most like, announcement to purchase the shortest uh, time span in my life that i've ever been in that position but i was i had the money sitting there and i was just waiting for this thing to come out and so uh yeah i've been very very happy with it too yeah that's it's a great computer um so which um maybe this was maybe you already answered a question but which apple product uh were you are you the most excited about this year like it could uh, be the MacBook, but like any future announcement. That I mean, we like, can extend that also to to frameworks or announcements. Yeah, though. that's true. Well, so I think getting a new Apple TV remote probably <laughs> <laughs> more than anything. Uh, no, uh, I definitely the ARM Max. Like yeah. in terms of just uh, intrigue and potential exotic uh hardware coming yep. from apple that is definitely the thing i'm the After most you just spend what equals a small car worth of money on your 16 inch <laughs> yeah well i'm not saying for me to buy necessarily <laughs> although you know for testing purposes i don't yeah. have a choice right uh, <laughs> i need to come out with a mac app um but uh it, it's just like i'm just deeply intrigued by what direction they'll take it because there's so many you know what i mean they could make it like super unexotic Mm -hmm. but then Mm -hmm. have really good battery life or be Mm -hmm. really powerful or crazy hardware like nobody really knows uh and so that alone just from the like armchair uh pontificating (laughs) you know person side of me i'm just deeply interested in what they're gonna do there yeah especially hearing all those apple people in like the talk show the, the live show i don't know if you've seen that um, and in other interviews, Craig Federici seems extremely confident in what they haven't to announce. It's like they clearly don't talk about it, but they're clearly comfortable and excited about what, yeah. what's to come. They're not hedging. And it Apple sort of be- looks like he's dying to talk about <laughs> it too, every time you <laughs> see him answering questions. So um, that kind of brushed off. I'm also extremely excited about Max. And just Max getting more attention, right? Apple's, yeah. like, I mean, a 16-inch was a really nice computer right um but before that we've kind of had a bit of a drought in in the yeah, mac you, did, you did have the uh, the release of the mac pro which was sure. sort of making people a bit more comfortable that felt like that was like the start of hmm. this sort of uh well honestly if i was going to really say what felt like the start it was the first version of catalyst mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. to me that felt like them saying uh we've pivoted and this is this first sign like we're no longer trying to like 
slowly merge everything into iOS, but we 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 see what a future version of this can be where they both kind of live together. Mm. And that was kind of the first step with that. And then along that same ride was the Mac Pro that was kind of very different stylistically from what they've been doing. And then, you know, the 16 mm. inch and uh, things coming out of that. Mm. And so there's def- but this year more than before, even it feels like there's just an energy around the Mac that yeah. mm-hmm. there hasn't been in a long time. Yeah. yeah. I was a bit, I was actually a bit worried when, when catalyst chip, just because it felt like that was kind of, we were on the edge where it either goes to, you know what? No one needs to make Mac apps anymore. And we kind of just keep kind of spec bump whenever Intel has something, right? Because that would have been the other aspect. It's like, we, we really yeah. want you to make iPad apps. Yeah. And we yeah. kind of make them work on, on, on your Mac as well for people that don't want to buy an iPad. Or we're going the route of like, all right, let's figure out how to make this make everyone Apple platform developers. But we didn't know at that point. And I feel like this year was really like, all right, we, we kind of know where we're going, right? With yeah, all the I would improvements. say even when SwiftUI came out, I felt more comfortable uh, or confident. I felt mm. like that is sort of showing that they're teaching developers to sort of develop for all platforms and be, like I said, Apple platform developers rather than just like an iOS developer, watchOS or mm. macOS development. Um but yeah, I'm I'm quite happy. It's quite interesting to see how both like SwiftUI and Catalyst is sort of coexisting with each other. Um, and I feel like it's cool that they are like developing those different dif- different tools. And it's like you, no matter where you come from, like no matter your background, you can. There is a path to macOS. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're a macOS developer, sure, then you can just do that. If you wanna, if you wanna start a new app, you can just go with SwiftUI. If you have an iOS app, you mm-hmm. can use Catalyst. So I think it's pretty cool. We're really nailing this rapid f- fire uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, question you, time. You by may the way, pick the wrong person if you wanted to <laughs> quick, succinct conversation. Uh. <laughs> All right, last rapid fire question: <laughs> Storyboard or uh, versus layout or versus SwiftUI all the way? What would you? What do you prefer? What would you like ideally do? Let's say completely new app. Where do you go? Uh, well, right now it's well. So I never really figured out storyboards. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, like the first tutorial I did with storyboards, I'm just like, man, this is just like, this is what people do. <laughs> okay, I guess. And then like you know, I watched some YouTube video that was talking about the drama between storyboards mm-hmm. versus code. And I was like, oh, you can do it the other way. And then I just forgot storyboards. <laughs> never really learned it, which to be clear, I'm, I'm not saying is really the best way. Uh, I think there's a lot of like learning you can do by doing it through storyboards. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it can be a lot faster for certain things, but I do everything in code, including like plain settings uh, views that mm-hmm. are way too much code for something simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but Swift UI, I, I came from uh, React. That was what I was doing before I, I bumped over here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a declarative UI framework with <laughs> reactive, uh, yep. like, you know, uh, uh, what am I looking for? Like, push, mm-hmm. uh, pushing data around. That feels exactly like what I was sort of wishing for the whole time I was really getting started with uh, UI kit. Mm-hmm. But then by the time it came out and I started playing with it, I was like, I feel really comfortable in UI kit now. Like, <laughs> I can do exactly what I want. So <laughs> I feel like I somehow in like six months became an old crafty developer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but I have enjoyed Swift UI uh, immensely whenever I've done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and I'm I'm finally because I bumped my like minimum version up to thirteen uh, just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I'm finally able to start porting some of my views over, and it definitely is nice. 
Which views, uh, which views are you porting over? Or are you porting over views as they are? Or are you trying to do new things in Swiftio? What's your approach there? So so right now I'm not doing any new things because it's mm -hmm. like my iOS 14 update. Um, okay. Uh, so at first it was just the, the widgets were all SwiftUI, mm -hmm. which is a really perfect place to like start playing around mm -hmm. with it. You know what I mean? Um, and I actually did a couple of small projects that work in SwiftUI. So I was relatively familiar. But, mm -hmm. uh, but so far I've just started like swapping some of my setting screens over to like mm. like a simple view so the first one i did was like the uh the app icon picker mm -hmm. view nice and you know i can make it into a grid which mm -hmm. i can't use the new grids yet which that's a bummer yeah <laughs> uh, but you know it's like it, it does seem like they did it in a nice modular way where i can uh i can just do some pieces at a time mm. and sort of slowly work it in so but yeah. i haven't started any new features yet and i don't know yet which direction i'll mm. go so how do you find that so far Did you run into any issues with converting those kind of simpler list type things into SwiftUI or has it been pretty smooth so, so far? As seems to be the mantra for SwiftUI, <laughs> the first 90% is just like, man, this is so much easier. <laughs> the, the future is bright. Yeah. And then you, you run into a little hiccup and you're like, oh, I need to fix that. And then six <laughs> hours later, you're like, How? How is this? How is this not just working right? Uh, so now, in my case, uh, a decent amount of them were actually bugs with uh, with the version of the Xcode beta that I was using, yeah. and so they okay. weren't issues before, which is why I couldn't find any Stack Overflow mm -hmm. arguments about it. Uh, but but even the earlier time I did it, I, mm -hmm. I had the same experience. It's like there's just certain things that aren't quite there yet, yeah. and mm -hmm. I I can't accept certain behaviors uh, <laughs> even if they're not necessarily wrong it's just i want it to be different and yeah, when you yeah. can't change it it's kind of infuriating and i think that's the problem when it when it is on you and you have to use um beta software in order to build something it's like you 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 never know if it's like swift ui or if it's xcode or if it's just maybe you maybe you missed something and there's no documentation right, whose fault it? is it <laughs> <laughs> Who can it's I blame almost for always it? my fault <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's like that's what we felt when we were making an app for macOS and SwiftUI. It's like it, especially so I'd imagine little, on the yeah, <laughs> it's like so little documentation. And but then there are like small things. Uh, like right now, I'm sitting, I'm trying to align those text labels that have the exact same width, but they are for some reason not like leadingly aligned with each other, just because the text content is different. And I can't really do much about it. And uh, Yeah, I, I'm trying to come up with some and, and workarounds for it. If you're struggling finding SwiftUI uh, discussions on Stack Overflow for iOS, good luck trying to find anything for macOS. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. Which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's essentially non-existent. So there are a few Slack uh, uh, teams that I can link to in the show notes where there are some people that try to dabble with SwiftUI, and and that's kind of I, I think the core resource it's either you work around and try to figure out things yourself or that that those two slack teams that's but i i don't think we've had a lot of luck with googling anything based on swift on mac os <laughs> and then i was a windows phone developer oh. uh, a couple <laughs> years, so uh i know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> oh man how long did you do that for uh it was about i was i was at the company for almost two years i think and for A little over a year and a half of that was uh, it was Windows Phone and Windows 8 uh, okay. tablet, mm -hmm. which Actually, colors a lot of the, my excitement about the stuff that they're doing right now because mm. I watched, I was I had a front row seat to Microsoft attempting to do a lot of these exact mm -hmm. things, but much more quickly and with less buy-in yeah. uh, and uh, deftness. I don't know what the mm -hmm. right word is, <laughs> and so it is. 
it is fascinating and extremely impressive to watch because I've seen this not work before. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually really liked Windows Phone. I mean, the ecosystem wasn't there for me, but I, I always wanted to have Windows Phone succeed because I liked a lot of things they did do with with the user, user interface and the devices were kind of nice. And it, I thought it had really good potential, but then it just the app ecosystem never took out took off that enough. was that was the big thing they they couldn't get developers like mm. and i don't uh, i wouldn't pretend well of course i will pretend to know what i'm talking about but i don't know <laughs> what i'm talking about enough to actually say why uh i don't know if it's just they were too late or if there was other downstream moves that they didn't make or what but mm. uh you can't deny that they influence like the design mm. of mobile mm. um, <laughs> and uh, you know it's still brought up today frequently like oh this is just windows phone which Obviously, it's different, but mm. those ideas and <laughs> concepts uh, have definitely influenced uh, our whole yeah. like mobile world. Without <laughs> without sounding too judgmental, um, <laughs> did you choose to go into Windows Phone, or was that something your your kind of job got you into, and you're like, hey, that that seems fun? Uh, well, so I was a .NET developer, okay. and here mm. in uh, like St. Louis area where I'm at, and really most of the Missouri area where I'm at um, in the U.S. is it's pretty like .NET. Uh, okay, or Java, like enterprisey mm-hmm. focused, mm-hmm. and so that was just kind of where I landed. And I always loved doing front end stuff and web stuff, but kind of always got dragged back into the .NET server. Mm-hmm. And so when a recruiter reached out saying they were doing Windows eight, I was just like, "Yep, on it!" <laughs> like any, if I have the opportunity to do something touch based uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. sort of design focused, then by all means. And it was a fun ride. It's kind of fun. Like, I mean, you probably felt this a little bit, like you kind of feel like you're on the cutting edge, even though it's the cutting edge of something <laughs> not super cutting edge. It's you're at the like front of this. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if you run into a problem, the next step is an engineer mm. on one of those teams. And they're like, Oh, nobody's ever brought this up. And yeah. like you work with them. And that, mm. that was a cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool to just sort of be part of the process. And like, maybe yeah. the engineer end up, end up, ends up fixing the bug that you had. And it's like super exciting to see. And I think you have the same with Swift UI as well. That like, if you file a radar, it might be fixed, and that's sometimes <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I think because there's less uh, people competing for the attention yeah. of uh, Microsoft front-end engineers or uh, whatever framework engineers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think we got a little bit faster response probably than you get from <laughs> Apple. Uh, but yeah, so so for me, it was like I never thought I'd really have the opportunity to do iOS, hmm. maybe yeah. Android for some enterprisey thing. Um, so to, it was like. I got to pretend to be one of these indie app developers that I, you know, listen to podcasts for, right? I got to go to Microsoft Build, which is at the Moscone Center. Yeah, that's kind of like WWDC. Uh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Um, so- yeah, it was, it was fun. And honestly, I, that's part of probably why I could make my, quote, first app be uh, something a little mm. bit more than most people's first apps. Because I did have a couple years of mobile experience. Mm. Yeah. After that, did you move directly to iOS? Before we move on, I'm I'm curious about this. How, how often do you give a chance get a chance to talk to someone who worked on Windows Phone? Um, how was how was uh, how was built like? Like, how, was there like an indie community? Like, I don't know. Have you been to WWDC in the last few years? This was supposed to be my first year. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. This was this was my my. I don't know if you listen to the Cortex podcast, but they have like yearly themes yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was my year of travel. Okay. Lots of traveling. <laughs> I was going to try and get into some conference speaking or at least go to conferences. Okay. And the first WWDC. So I feel bad about laughing, have, but things are going you great. 
I I don't know if I were, if you would try now with with hindsight to pick a pick a worst, uh, worst theme. Yeah. I think you would struggle. Well, it's sort of I, I sort of like I tweaked it and turned it into Year of Community. Yeah, uh, which yeah, the podcast nice. sort of helped with. And I sort of was like, what were the things I was looking for? Mm-hmm. And then just leaned really hard into those things. Okay, uh, that makes so sense. I, you know, I think it worked out okay. How, but. but what was the atmosphere like at Build then? Um, Comparing to like I don't know like were there a lot of indie developers at Build? Was there like an indie community type feel that you were looking forward to going to WWDC for? So for us, uh, it was extremely exciting for a lot of the similar reasons that people are excited for WWDC in the sense that you're like, what what are you going to like finally do? Honestly, it felt kind of like Catalyst, where mm-hmm. it's like. It felt like because they were so far behind on frameworks, mm-hmm. there'd be so many like projects that we'd come in, and this was consulting, by the way. So mm-hmm. it was projects for clients, and it'd be like, "Oh, we should be able to do this thing. We're porting an Android uh, app over or whatever." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "How do you do this in Windows?" And it's like, "You you just can't. You <laughs> you either drop down to C and write your own, you know, uh, crazy drawing, you know, framework, or you wait a year." <laughs> and so that was really exciting just to see what they would give us. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the the community, I don't I don't know how much of this. It's probably not a big deal. <laughs> this was at this was at their developer conference. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to a a session that was like this. It was like this person who's one of the be- bigger indie developers is how it's phrased, mm-hmm. and he's going to talk about like I forgot what the name of the title of the the session talk was, but it was like you're going to hear from this person who's one of the sells one of the most uh, apps of indie developers or whatever. So you get up there and. He's talking about his app, which is a, I think it was like a Snapchat uh, clone. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And, and then he shows the, the next one, and it's like a Twitter clone. And you're like, okay, so this guy does clones. <laughs> you know, there, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, right? Like, uh, Twitter apps on iOS are a big thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then he, he's, he starts showing what it is that he does to, to make these. And he is showing us how he downloads the binaries of go with Android, really? not iOS, because it's easier to crack these. <laughs> and where he finds like serial numbers to like crack these things. And, and everybody what? starts looking around at each other. Because these are like Microsoft developers are more enterprise focused. Yeah. Yeah. Very like legal yeah. Uh, yeah. ramifications yeah. are a thing that matter, right? Uh, it's not really a hacker crowd. Yeah. And so everybody's just kind of looking at each other like, is this for real? <laughs> Is that is this really what he's telling us? Uh, and eventually he gets through it, and everybody just kind of walks out like, "Yeah, we definitely should not do this, right?" <laughs> yeah, no, 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 nobody should be doing this. So that that was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> not yeah. to disparage the whole community, yeah, uh, but yeah, but still, was, I don't think that would happen at WWDC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, that just... was. It gave me a taste in my mouth for for uh, what to expect yeah. out of the the sort of indie crowd. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there were people, but I wasn't as tuned into mm. sort of, I guess, the indie scene mm. in the same way. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Uh, how do you feel about all the new Surface Duo and like the announcements from like I guess last year, but then kind of going in more depth over the last few days? I like as as usual. I I really think that the Surface like hardware team is really really interesting mm-hmm. like they're definitely the most interesting uh like windows based platforms uh hardware people and i i always look at what they're doing because I, I find it fascinating mm-hmm. and they uh they tackle problems in a different way than apple which i think is cool mm-hmm. but they have definitely. a similar like uh care about small details mm-hmm. if that makes sense um with the duo in particular it's like 
I am still not fully sold on the folding thing. <laughs> I, not that I don't think it'll be a thing, but it just, the trade-offs don't feel like worth it to me. Okay. And I'm constantly searching for like, why am I willing to give up a lot of battery life and durability? Like yeah. I'm, we're mm-hmm. adding hinges and all this stuff. You know, this is what we were, we were, we distilled down to the essence and mm-hmm. now we're like undoing that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm probably wrong to be honest <laughs> with you because I, I was wrong about like the the whole phablet thing. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't want my phone to be that big. I'll just get a tablet. Yeah, yeah. yeah now I, still I begrudgingly buy a phone that I think is too big. Yeah, which is see, I, I don't feel like I've spoken to a single person who's like, "This is the perfect size for me." Like well, everyone, every- because you don't speak to iMic enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I think it's like it's trade offs, and so by growing the phone, uh, even if even even if the majority of people don't think that that's right, they think it's too big. Mm-hmm. It also gives them more space to mm-hmm. to put bigger batteries and presumably bigger cameras, I guess. Mm. I know, um, I know. And I mean, I think, wasn't that traditionally why so many Android phones were bigger as well? Because... Uh, I think it was like an arms race for a mm. little bit. Mm. You know, like bigger phone, you can watch movies on yeah. it. Mm. Uh, Samsung in particular, like their screens were, were great. Mm. Um and so they like really leaned into that. Yeah and, yeah. and the note was like, oh, this is a joke. And now like the original note wouldn't necessarily look like that <laughs> obnoxiously big of a phone as it did at first. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, also- I think uh, um, like now when I'm thinking back about it, I think the first time the larger phone became available, I decided to go with that. I think it was the six plus, I believe. Um, and I thought it was fine. I thought I should go with that. Um, but the only reason why I did that was because like the smaller one was just like, uncomfortable in between size it's like you you try to hold it with one hand but you will drop it and then you end up like lo- cracking your phone screen whereas the bigger <laughs> one forced me to use two hands at least so i thought okay at least like i'm sort of getting that like i'm getting the benefit of having a bigger screen um and it's also a bit more secure but it was also like the new thing right it yeah. was like especially early apple days it was always super exciting apple's announcement right because it's like new things what, what did apple revolutionize this year so it was also kind of fun to, like at least i was at, at that stage where it was like all right let's try to, the most different thing apple released so let's get a big phone mm-hmm. let's see how that is and you can have uh, a springboard in in landscape mode how crazy is that <laughs> still crazy how often did you use that uh, <laughs> not that often <laughs> the other thing was uh, the small phone in that era was the that was the six right which yeah that yeah. was the thinnest phone they ever made right yeah. Yeah. ever yeah, since then so, yeah. it started getting a little thicker yeah. and it had those like that brushed aluminum that was rounded yes. and it was like it was designed to fall out yes, of the <laughs> Exactly. And that's what I was saying. Like if if I try to hold it with one hand, I'm guaranteed gonna drop it. Whereas yeah. the, yeah. the bigger one at least had to hold with two hands. If I wouldn't know any better, I would have thought they they covered this in Teflon. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It was like a it, it got a bit better now in the in the more recent years, but it felt like a a slightly wet uh soap bar <laughs> i don't know i, I shaped like know. one i mean yeah. we did live in australia it was pretty warm so i guess yeah. maybe, maybe it was slippery yeah but um so much for a rapid round of questions <laughs> <laughs> but it does look like we're getting small yes. this year right so yeah. to to round it up it seems like apple's at least trying i mean right now depending on how you're trying to evaluate it it's hard to see for apple what's the market for smaller phones right because the se is it's very different it's not apple is not selling it as the same level of flagshipness 
for lack of a better word, as the other phones, right? So it's it's hard to say small phones no longer sell because I do talk to a lot of people who are like, I wish we had a smaller phone that's mm-hmm. like a flagship one. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting if Apple is actually going or release going yeah. to release something that's that's smaller again. That's actually at least even if it's like the the starting point of Apple's flagship series, it would be interesting to see if if that is something that is that that sees decent amount of adoption and if we're getting back to phones that fit into your hands. I I'm just afraid it's gonna be like the regular twelve, I guess. There will be like yes. a small yep. and a big one. Mm-hmm. And the small yep. regular twelve will be the really small one. And then I I think the latest rumors I saw were that the smaller of the pros yeah. was going to be bigger than the current small yeah. pros. And it's like, ah, <laughs> I know. because I think that differentiator is going to be that LiDAR sensor. sensor. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And I feel like both, <laughs> you know, I want the new shiny, but also like <laughs> legitimately for uh, development reasons. Yeah. I should yeah. have something that has one of those LiDAR sensors given yeah. the supposed importance that's going to have on our yeah. futures. Yeah. But uh, we also need one of the smaller ones because you test got to test on smaller screens. So I guess for development purposes, you really need, need one. need to buy all of them, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that Kai and I have been talking about that could be a potential differentiator between like the Pro and the non-Pro is the refresh rate on the screen. Mm-hmm. So like one of them oh, might yeah, be 60 yeah. hertz, another one is 120 and that's that's a tough one, I think. That's the one that would get me. If yeah. if the 12 Pro, let, let's just assume those rumors become true, right? So that means we're expecting a lineup of an iPhone 12, which is kind of the, the kind of starting point of the new series, then the 12 Pro, which is the, the larger than current, but slightly smaller than the Max uh, Pro phone with like 120 hertz screen, um, and then the Pro, which is just humongous, uh, the Max, which is just... I don't even remember oh. what size is. I, I lost track of the... the <laughs> 13 the, inch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 13 the inch iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, uh, th- it's hard, right? I would love to go with the smallest one, but, but uh, if we would get a, uh, um, a 120 hertz refresh right and a lighter on the back, oh, that would be, that would be hard for me to drop, to give up all of those to get a smaller phone. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's a grand scheme of thing, really easy problem to have. But I've <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> in a, in, during a pandemic, where lots of people are losing their jobs. And... Yeah, but but yeah, <laughs> here we are. I I've spent uh, at least once a week thinking about this dilemma of which phone to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it will be interesting. But folding phones, yes, <laughs> that's how we got here. I don't know. The duo is intriguing, though. I I think it's. It's interesting that it's so different. And I think for Microsoft, that is... Considering that Microsoft is really, really good at hardware. I've always been a big fan of Microsoft's hardware products. Um, like the keyboards, I've used the, the ergonomic keyboards for, for a very long time. Um, and I always loved those. Their, all their peripherals are great. Their, their hardware products, all the Surface products they're building, they're, they're just insanely high quality. And they're, they're nice. And they're nice in different ways from Apple products. And I think we kind of need that, right? It's it's good that Microsoft. Oh, yeah. I I I I think it's great that they went into um into actual like building hardware rather than just selling their their operating system. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see that kind of different approach of kind of premium, high end, high quality uh, industrial design. And to do is interesting in a different way, right? Running Android, but kind of doing a lot of Microsofty things and having this kind of very unique form factor. Um, I don't know, I. It seems like Microsoft is very confident or very proud of what they accomplished there. 
And I was, when I, when I just saw kind of like the teasers and it's like, ah, I might be a bit goofy, but we watched the long form, uh, I think it was a press briefing a couple of days ago. Yeah. With Panay. Yeah. <laughs> and I started off wanting to not like it because it's like, ah, I don't know. It seems goofy. But <laughs> I'm happy that they tried, but it's not something I would actually consider. And by the end of it, I was like, huh, I would like to actually at least try it for a bit. And I was like, I was surprised how much it got me towards like, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm looking he's, forward. He's great, isn't he? Like, he reminds me of watching old Steve Jobs videos where, <laughs> like, I know because everybody talks about it. And while I'm watching it, I can feel it. You're, like, totally captured by this person. But at the same time, it's, like, really, it feels, like, off the cuff. Yeah. But genuine. And, like, it's, you it's... know, at least with Jobs, that it absolutely wasn't. But he had yeah. this feeling of just being really, really, really casual. Mm. But also uh, someone who's, it's not... They didn't find some random person who's worked on, has a role that's senior enough that they have some kind of reason to having to be on stage, but they weren't involved. So it seems like he's someone who's been with the product team every day. And when he's going home, he's, he's dreaming about yeah, yeah, the yeah. product he's working on, right? <laughs> he's, he's super invested. Yep. And he probably came before he walked on stage, came from another product meeting about what they're doing next. And if it, it's, um, I, I think that is, that is the most exciting thing when you see people that are truly passionate about what they're doing, talking about what they're doing. It feels, it feels genuine. And then it doesn't really matter if you're, if you like his personality or if you're, you know, there are people that didn't like Steve, people that loved Steve all over, the, but no one would say he doesn't care about what he's talking mm-hmm. about unless they talked about the, the kind of iTunes on, on some kind of Motorola phone. You could see when he didn't care about things, but in this, but he you didn't can't try to hide it either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But with this, you can see he cares about that phone and he cares about what, what they built there. And that kind of transfers quite nicely through the kind of way they're presenting it. And I think that's quite exciting. Anyway, The problem is just that... <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. I'll keep <laughs> talking. So No, 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 no. Well, I, it's just like the more exotic you get with hardware, mm-hmm. the more important it is that the software experience is absolutely intuitive and yeah. seamless. Mm-hmm. And that's where, traditionally at least, uh, Microsoft products like hardware falls down for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like <laughs> it looks really good. The concept is even really good, mm-hmm. but then when you go to use it, it just doesn't doesn't click. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the there's really fluid animations, but they they jitter and stutter, and like it doesn't give you that yep. intuitive feeling that you mm-hmm. get. Um, and even watching that demo, obviously it's somewhat early software mm-hmm. still, although you can buy it like now. I think I think so. Yeah, or pre-order it now. But even that demo, it was just like, there's a lot of stutter going on and he often get it in the wrong spot, Mm -hmm. um, which his style of presenting sort of made it seem okay. Because it's like, well, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, We just kind (laughs) of threw this together. You got that right? Oh, there's all these reflections. I'm really sorry, guys. (laughs) It's like, like, maybe that's genuine. If it's not, I respect him even more because it's like, (laughs) that's just the most genius way to... Uh, yeah, if if the Microsoft thing doesn't work out for him, he, he has a has a career in acting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm just I'm just interested. And the the giant seam in the middle, mm-hmm. it kills most of the. Every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like having an iPad Mini in your pocket. But then it's mm-hmm. like, but it's mm-hmm. not though because you mm-hmm. don't have that big screen for <laughs> yeah. watching videos. You have yeah. a note size mm-hmm. screen. Yeah. 
to watch videos. Yeah, it's so, kind of more like having two iPhones in your pocket. <laughs> just sit there. It's, it's more like, like I see it more as like an adaptable notebook. Like just like a literal book. <laughs> no, we have that all the form the factors mentioned at least once. <laughs> <laughs> but like I could imagine it's like it's it's a really good replacement to a Kindle where you just like read in a very realistic sort of format. And, and you can use it for a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you could use it as taking notes, like or you watch something on one side and take notes on the other side. Um, so for me, what, what kind of got me mentally kind of over the hurdle of like, that is a big theme, was the, it was super simple, was like tapping links and it not kicking you out of the app you're in. And I don't know why, but That's, somehow... No, I had the, that honestly was the first time I went, oh, right? why did the iPad do that? <laughs> it was like this, like, that's how you get people to understand and see multitasking yeah. is <laughs> if you tap a link, you have this giant screen. Yeah. They should just see the thing mm. right there and not have to leave uh, that their uh, DM or messages mm. or whatever. Mm. That's, <laughs> that's one thing. It's like, I'd love to see Apple steal that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like having the seam and having two screens. I'm sure that gets small and gets better and those kind of things. But it kind of adds, at least for the early days, adds kind of a natural boundary between the two. So, you know, with the iPad and multitasking, where do things snap? How big can I make them? You kind of have to figure out. And there's no like haptic kind of affordance to tell you where those things happen you kind of you got to learn it and you kind of figure it out as as you use it but it's there's no kind of hardware affordance to that well that device if you open the link you know what screen it will open it on the other one (laughs) and you know exactly how far you can expand that because there's a seam it won't expand outside of the boundaries of the physical device so you kind of have this kind of hardware affordance that kind of helps you in in a way to understand how multitasking is working you wouldn't expect an app to span uh one third of one screen and then the you know the other app kind of being a screen and a half that would be kind of weird so you kind of have this more rigid multitasking system that that kind of is restricted but therefore simpler because of the hardware form factor and i think that's interesting yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's let's okay. uh, finish our rapid round question. <laughs> we're, we've only been recording for about an hour, so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So speaking of hardware and software, <laughs> um, good job on that segue, Molly. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just want to get back to like um, the work that you've been doing on dark noise a bit, because <laughs> that's sort of what we want to chat with you about. This has been awesome, though. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just chat a bit about like the launch of dark noise and also how. Um, like what you learned from the launch of Dark Noise, Dark Noise One. Or do you um, want to first give us a v- very short pitch of what Dark Noise is? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a white noise app for playing uh, different <laughs> white noises <laughs> and other like ambient sounds. Uh, on the surface, it's literally that. Uh, I I just made it because I wanted something that. Well, my wife listens to. Uh, well, not technically white noise. It's like a waterfall, but essentially it's just, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not for really that impersonation of a waterfall. <laughs> it's not an impersonation. It's a, it's a perfect replication. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I just thought it would be a, it's a, I don't need any network. I don't need any, uh, server mm-hmm. side to this. And it would be a perfect little experiment. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, I'll just make that. And then I'll make it the most like kind of obnoxiously, uh, you know air quotes uh native app that i possibly can Mm -hmm. uh mostly as a way of learning but also because i didn't know of any white noise apps that were like that and i kind (laughs) of liked that idea i wasn't really thinking i could be the the go-to indie (laughs) ios app of white noise Uh but uh 
but that that's kind of the idea so on the surface it really is just it's a thing for playing a sound that repeats <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a very sim- simple way of saying it. but i think like if, if you have the app there's so many yeah so the surface that's what it is but there's so many like cool parts to it especially like it's not just it's not just white noise it's like you have like a car noise or a space sh- spacecraft engine and like you have all those like funny parts in there as well but i also like when you open the app for the first time that's literally what it does right you see the full pl- full screen player it says white noise yeah. and you you can start it and and you have your white noise machine and i i kind of that was honestly that like that's in my original because <laughs> again i I over the top did everything. I'm like, I get to be a project manager and designer and uh, I'm going to create core principles again for the like most basic thing I could possibly think of. Uh, but that was one of them was I want like, if you don't want to know anything about this app, if you want to download it, cause you have a screaming baby and you're trying mm-hmm. to get them to be quiet. Cause I've been in that situation. <laughs> and does, uh, it, does it help babies stop crying? Is that? Oh yes. Yeah? Yes. Uh, like babies. Well, having a sound at all, uh, often helps babies, but more importantly, okay. it helps mask other sounds. And so, <laughs> okay. you know, they can't hear, uh, well, okay, so to explain why there's a lawnmower sound, because who would request that? Yeah. Well, a I, parent I was wondering would request about the that because their, uh, their neighbor would mow their lawn during their kid's nap and then wake uh, up the kid. Interesting. So it's like, oh, well, maybe I can just play a lawnmower sound. And if that's what they fall asleep to, they won't even notice things <laughs> goes by. Uh, there's a lot of sounds in there for that exact purpose. Is it's that like, also where construction noise comes from? Uh, well, construction noise was, uh, <laughs> there was construction going on outside of my building at work. And I was in the mode where I'm like, I got my recorder. I'm going to record everything I can. <laughs> and so I recorded construction noises and that got in the app. I don't know of anybody who really wants to listen to jackhammers. Uh, but <laughs> I was also excited to animate side. that one because, uh-huh. All, the, all the icons animate and mm-hmm. uh i just like the idea of making that <laughs> animate and so that was part of that too probably <laughs> yeah, yeah um so considering that you recorded those noises yourself how did you record the uh space en- spacecraft engine <laughs> well uh i created a spaceship and, uh, <laughs> no so at first uh, i recorded a lot of them myself or for ones i couldn't like like thunder is like impossible to record okay. without getting the sound of like mm-hmm. rain or whatever else uh, mm-hmm. in there. So there was a couple I like I went and found uh, uh, public domain, mm-hmm. you know, Creative Commons license mm-hmm. zero or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And then once once I released and it started making some money, I'm like, OK, I can actually buy sounds. And I <laughs> I got some <laughs> emails from uh, people who I deeply looked up to that were just like, hey, there's a there's, you know frogs in your thunderstorm sound and i'm like oh no so then i started like licensing music or not music uh sounds that were definitely Mm -hmm. higher quality than some of the public domains ones i got so that is an interesting type of bug report to get as a software (laughs) engineer yeah i've never had a bug report about frog noises Uh, (laughs) yeah i think i've had more than actually i then had ones where people were upset that i took took it out because they liked the frogs oh Uh, was that why you ended up adding frogs as a separate noise uh well no actually that's a fun story too but (laughs) No, that's so in the test flight, I swapped it and uh-huh. I got like people going, no, I liked those. And I was like, oh, great. So now there's a thunderstorm sound and a distant thunder sound because uh-huh. one of them has frogs and one of them doesn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The frog one was after I had released and then I was working on the iOS 13 stuff and I was just way down in the dumps because the shortcut, everything about iOS 13 was broken. And I was <laughs> like, just sad because I couldn't get anything to work. And uh, somebody on Reddit, just sent me like a, Hey, thanks. Like my kid's been in the hospital, uh, for, you know, 
a couple days or whatever because something happened and this is the only thing that can help him sleep with all the nurses coming in and mm-hmm. out and i was just like i was like all like beat up and i was like that just made me really happy <laughs> like, does he have a favorite sound and and he's like yeah my kid said he wants frogs and i was like on it awesome. <laughs> and in like three hours i had one up there so i could get it for him Aww. and it was like that like recharged yeah. me to get yeah. back going and so the frog one i actually hold this like very high uh you know feeling in my heart That's if you awesome. watch it long enough it catches a fly <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but that's also good psa if you use an app that you really like uh sending feedback even if it's not a feature request just saying hey i really love what you're doing yeah that, that yeah. You, you never know when you hit when when you catch a person yeah and no matter think- even if you're the happiest you've ever been it will it will just make your day that little bit better mm. yeah. oh yeah so how long how long did you like when you when you started working on dark nights how much time did you allow yourself or did you set yourself like a deadline did you have like a how how considering that you said you're you went all project manager on it <laughs> what, what was your approach yeah and how did you know like how much you wanted to get in there before shipping like well so how do you decide it so when it started, so like, uh, what is it? Last year is 2019. Right? <laughs> uh, so at the beginning of 2019, like January 2019 is when I, I kind of got myself into uh, an iOS team mm-hmm. uh, at work. And I, I literally had never opened Xcode before. And so... <laughs> how how did you talk yourself into that team? <laughs> well, uh, it was a big client that we had that I've worked on lots of teams on that mm-hmm. client. And so... <laughs> They, they were like, oh, we're going to bring on a junior developer. And I was like, how junior are you willing? <laughs> and, uh, but, but I had all this experience with, uh, with the big infrastructure mm-hmm. of, of working on, on the, that, uh, all those different teams. And so mm-hmm. I could bring something to the table while I leached, uh, knowledge off of all my teammates <laughs> for the iOS side of things. So, mm-hmm. uh, it ended up working out very well for me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, what was the original question? Um, <laughs> your your kind of scope and and approach to, to oh Darn. yeah, yeah. So when I started, I like that last that year was the first year I was like, you know what, I'm going to do like yearly goals, you know, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. actually do something. And so th- I actually had two. One of them was I wanted to get back into animation, okay, uh, because it was something I used to do. I used to do motion graphics projects and then kids, and <laughs> they were old enough that I could like kind of get back into doing things again. Did you and do that so professionally like, or as a as a hobby type? It's always it's always been a hobby. Okay, okay. I yeah, that's a long uninteresting story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I love After Effects and doing that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? To do that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna like do a challenge and make something every I think it is every week. Oh wow! Which is not like me mm-hmm. uh, normally to like <laughs> commit to something like that. <laughs> I was like, so, so one of my goals is to do this thing every week and it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be a thing that I will like mm-hmm. put on the internet somewhere, like on Instagram or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other goal was by the end of the year, have something in the app store. Okay. And so okay. at first I was way more into the animation thing. And then also like banging my head against, you know, uh, UI table view and like <laughs> trying to understand other stuff that was like work. Uh-huh. And then I give myself a break by doing the animation stuff. Mm-hmm. But then as we got close to WWDC, it started flipping and I started getting more into the, uh, into the iOS stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and less into the animation stuff. And then eventually I saw a pathway where I could merge them together, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what ended up happening. And so I didn't really have like, I never had like a goal of like, I want to get this app in the store with all these features in it by a certain date. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, I just want to get something in the store so that I have the experience of having got mm-hmm. something in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I got close enough that 
I knew I could get something out that I like picked a date, which was, you know, like two months out or something like that. But that's me. <laughs> and then once I had a date, then it was, you know, all my project management Kanban, uh, <laughs> like, uh, this is my cutoff for features, which of course somebody would then email me and I'd be like, I can get that in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't follow it to a complete T, but I mean, honestly, like I had the app done like a week and a half before it actually went out, uh, you know, so I could yeah. submit it in the store because I knew it was going to take forever, yeah. which it ended up getting, I've actually never gotten an app store rejection, uh, <laughs> nice. for, for personal stuff, yeah. which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> well, but, if you if you need help with that let us know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i don't have uh in-app purchases or any of the like crazy town yeah, things yeah. that always uh set that off so that's yeah. probably why um so did you actually make the two months deadline you set yourself then yeah yeah so that's I, impressive. I, picked, <laughs> I picked a date where like it was in between uh wwdc and the actual release of iOS 13 and the mm -hmm. iPhones. Because... So you picked yourself a pretty <laughs> calm, relaxing period. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. All podcasters always talk about how this is a dead period because everybody's just working on their updates. Mm -hmm. And so there's actually not usually, although apparently this year is different, but uh, normally there's not a whole lot of apps that come out in that mm -hmm. time because mm -hmm. everybody's working on stuff for the next iOS release. Mm -hmm. And so there's actually kind of a, a vacuum. Mm -hmm. yep. like, All right, vacuum. Maybe I'll get noticed slightly <laughs> in this vacuum. Uh, and then and then I'll have a couple of weeks to to just sneak in iOS 13 yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> which, yeah. But it also meant I avoided a lot of the consternation around uh, early iOS 13 betas, which yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. exactly complaining that's, about. That's a good bullet to dodge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we, we released our app, our Mac app also. Um, I just think the week before, week before WWDC. WWDC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of followed a... It was more that we set ourselves because we built it with SwiftUI yeah. on macOS, right? So we kind of thought, like, multiple ways. We kind of set us as a challenge. We got to get it out for before WWDC because SwiftUI was early. On macOS was even earlier. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to watch the, the State of the Union and all the sessions. So sad. And just yeah. regret that we have to push through the, all those, <laughs> using all those old things. So we're like, all right, we just for, for our mental health, let's get this out before. Mm -hmm. And also we thought, we at that point, we went through a lot of SwiftUI on macOS pain. And we thought there is a higher chance of some kind of redeeming... Uh, uh, um, reaction from people mm -hmm. if we release something that no one could no one could guess we've built with anything of the new things that make everything way nicer mm -hmm. right so we want to be like look at it. yeah <laughs> we wanted to sort of be like look we made this before all the nice things became <laughs> available <laughs> and yeah it's like uh the the meme now that all indie developers are constantly asked is this swift ui <laughs> no matter what it is you make it's everybody just asks that yeah uh, if if design seems to be a focus at all <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird how that shifted, right? It's, yeah, it's it can't. I don't know because we've had for so many years now, or almost decades, really nice designed iOS yeah, apps, yeah. and now the assumption is always it must be Swift UI. Yeah, I, I think Meng To had a big influence on that because he really pushed like nice. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a lot of his design work and design oh, tutorials. Yeah, yeah. He really pushed a lot of that, and mm. a lot of people learned from that. Mm. And I do think overall that got kind of the new entry into Swift UI design mm. quality uh, up but, a couple notches. But I think that also sort of ha people who like that type of design, who might know UIKit already, they could also adopt that style in their apps, mm. no matter if it's Swift UI mm. or UIKit. Um, so I think it's just like everything. Well, and I think that's inspired. what's happening. Yeah, mm. is like there's that like the style that is currently popular. Uh, 
people are doing that in UI kit, but then mm. it's kind of like, oh, that must be Swift UI. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, then we, then we released, I don't even remember. It's not that long ago, but time doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, no. <laughs> we, we released, was it the week before WWDC? Yeah, the week before WWDC. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then since then we continued having about one update every week. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been a long couple of weeks, but we I'm also very much not in that camp. <laughs> 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 um we also got during the state of the union we kind of had like a watch party with a, like online of course with a, a couple of friends and one person said hey you might want to check the mac app store and we're like all right why and we saw our app in the very top of the mac app store new oh, apps man. we love <laughs> we're like oh oh no in the middle of state of the union we jumped over looked at <laughs> looked at because we didn't know any friends who've been featured on the mac app store yeah. because the mac app store does get a lot less attention at, and has a way fewer amount of developers hmm. so we didn't know what that means right does that mean Two downloads, two hundred, two thousand. We had absolutely no idea. Mm. So we're in the middle of the state of the union, we jumped up, uh, SSH'd into our server, looked if the all the CPU utilization was apart. fine. We had absolutely no idea. So that made the state of the union even more exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that was fun. But we also kind of hit that. We thought it would be a super. Um, uh, low release period, but it was actually quite quite a lot of people seemed to release this time between WWDC and all the announcement. I don't know what what shifted so much this year, but it seems like there were quite a lot of people that want to get their Catalyst apps and their their Swift UI one. Yeah, I can imagine many people potentially having had some work in place and then they wanted to start adopting the new things, but mm. they wanted to first release uh, release the first version of their app before also, starting. So to much adopt design it. stuff is almost deprecated, right? You, so you want to get it out before Big Sur launches, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So. Oh yeah, you guys have to deal with that, or get yeah. to deal with that. Yeah, we, we, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're also still aiming for iOS 14 release of Orbit uh, for for, for iOS. iOS 14 for for launch day. Yeah, we've not really started yet, so we'll we'll have busy plenty few. of time. They they <laughs> delayed it, right? Uh, exactly, a couple weeks yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, they, they said they released, uh, they delayed the launch of the iPhone. I no, hope that's that also means they delay. Again, if Apple's listening, we're happy. Just push iOS fourteen out a couple of weeks. No one will mind. Mm. We we can do that. <laughs> All good. Um, but yeah, that was that was. It's we picked an interesting period um for this because Big Sur. Design-wise, we kind of got all right in the right direction. Like a lot of things where we diverted from um, the standard like Catalina look and feel is more in the Big Sur direction. So we kind of just hit that oh, pretty nice. nicely, which which I'm happy about. But Swift UI on Catalina and Big Sur is very very different. And Apple fixed a whole bunch of which yeah. is great. We've we found a bunch of radios and a lot of them have been fixed. But there were lots um, of yeah, there were lots of them that we found workarounds for uh, and we basically integrated <laughs> with AppKit um it sort of bypassed Swift UI, and it turns out Apple did the same thing to some some of <laughs> some of the things. So now it's like we are sort of our implementation is fighting with uh, like a implementation that Apple made natively. Um or I guess like first party implementation. So now we have to like actually like check which system you're on in order to actually determine if we should use our workaround or if we should just default into Apple's implementation. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Um, so then you like, since you, since you worked on Dark Knights one or the first version, did you continue having uh, iterative 
updates or did you go like decide directly that you want to aim for Darknose 2? Um, well, so in terms of the numbering, uh, I didn't have that like <laughs> nailed down necessarily, but it was definitely like even before I launched, it was definitely mixes is the next thing, okay. um, which I knew <laughs> I knew how slow I am. And, you know, this isn't my full time job and I have kids, mm. so I move pretty slowly. <laughs> um, I knew it was going to take a while. So I was kind of thinking it would be like January, February, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which I wasn't too far off of before the pandemic hit and then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everything. But, mm-hmm. uh, but once it got to like March, April and I started looking at, well, I started looking at things. I had the test flight open, mm-hmm. um, and resoundingly the feedback I got was that people wanted CloudKit uh, syncing. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized I needed that and I knew I was going to want more time to test everything, that was when I kind of pushed things even farther back into past WWDC because my goal was to kind of get it out before WWDC yeah. as well. Um, but I was doing like bug fix updates or little feature updates um, on like a smaller branch Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of keep things going while mm-hmm. working on mixing. Because I started the mix thing in, like, September. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how long it took me to do what is ostensibly relatively simple feature. But I overthought it and, you know, tried to spend a lot of time on small details with it as well. Um, so it wasn't until the timing of everything that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call this Dark Noise 2. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make it, like, this is the next version. Because it does make... It does treat the app different. It's the first time mm-hmm. the app has user-generated yeah. content yeah. in it um, and sort of marks a, a, a change in direction, so to speak, for the app. So I felt like that was appropriate. But I do like the idea of smaller releases. It's just that I like to do full regression tests and mm-hmm. I, I'm too scared to hit the publish button uh, to do it super often without all my automation that I'm like automated testing suites and everything that I maintain at work. I don't do that for this. And so, uh, (laughs) so how much, how much testing do you do? Is it all manual for this or do you have (laughs) kind of combination? (laughs) Don't get me started (laughs) on uh, my thoughts on testing. My work does things uh, the right way in, in (laughs) in a lot of its mindset, which is good. Uh, but it makes me at home not want to do things, uh, quote the right way. Uh, and so the freeing feeling of just moving quickly and making Mm -hmm. code that, to me is a lot more readable because mm-hmm. you're not doing crazy architecture for the sake of, you know, dependency injection or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to, to make your test, uh, mm-hmm. to make your code testable. When you don't have to do that, you can use singletons everywhere. Like mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> like this is really freeing feeling and I can iterate way faster whenever I do this. Yeah. Uh, and my, the end result app is so small that I can regression test the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not a big deal. I do it manually. So, mm-hmm. I, it just means that I can't release, you know, I can't do a small bug fix and push it out if I also have a whole bunch of other code that I haven't released yet because mm-hmm. I need to check everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, like when I, re- I rewrote the audio engine for the mixing stuff and okay. I released that like way back in like March or something just mm-hmm. to like pre get everything yeah. out there. Yeah. And then I yeah. have a, I have a very big test flight group, which I think a lot of people see as like, I don't know, a problem because those people aren't buying your app, but mm-hmm. I like the fact that there's like uh, probably actual people who are downloading and using it. There's probably like three or 4,000 people mm-hmm. in the test flight group that mm-hmm. 
are making sure it's not like yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. like yeah. break yeah. something horribly. Yeah. Mm. So that helps too. And yeah. it's also kind of nice, right? Because sure, some people some people wouldn't buy it otherwise because they can't afford it or they don't have, you know, whatever reason they might have. But it also means they run through all the issues before the people that actually decide to give you money would run into them. So it's also it is actually a service that they provide you. Yeah. Um, Even if they say nothing, I get crash logs. Yeah. And yeah. If one out of a hundred will actually tell me something, mm. well, then I make that other number really big to make it more than one. <laughs> so uh, how do you so. communicate with the testers? Do you have a, some Slack group or do you just use the feedback mechanism through TestFlight? So in the app, I have like, you can, I have like a link to my Twitter and mm. email and uh, I do have a subreddit, although uh, it's hard to keep up with because it's pretty low volume. I finally mm. did actually just recently find uh, ways to like set up notifications because that's not native to Reddit. Mm -hmm. Once I got once I got that, it's a little bit easier. But for the most part, people email me or they use the built-in one, mm. which mm -hmm. has plenty of problems. But mm. apparently, it's easy because lots of people do that one. Okay. Um, so that's yeah, that's generally how it is. I haven't tried setting up a Slack. Uh, I have thought about it a couple times, but considering the the Reddit one didn't really take off. I'm kind of mm -hmm. like, ah, I don't really want to start another thing that if there's like five people in it, I still have to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. also hard, right? Everyone is now in like 10 different slacks and you're like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm more yeah. hesitant. It's, I know maybe, maybe <laughs> it's always, uh, what is that? The XKCD, like there, there are a hundred, hundred different standards. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. work on let's one that unifies more. them all. And then you have 101. <laughs> Um, so it's hard, hard to find a balance there. Um, how did you land on your monetization, like on your price? Because you're definitely in a, I guess for iOS, it's it's crazy, but it's like a premium. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Uh, partially, it was uh, well. So I didn't go with in-app purchase or subscription because uh, one, like you know, there's like the consternation around sus subscriptions. And <laughs> for the first thing, I didn't want to like deal with that. Right. Mm. Uh, not that I think a first time app people would, I don't know, berate me online or something, but I don't know, maybe they do on the first app too. Yeah. I mean, we, our, our <laughs> yeah. first reviews, like we, we, we had a basically an even split between five star reviews. People like, I love this. And one star <laughs> reviews subscription. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. see that. Yeah. And <laughs> that's like a silly reason. It's not a good business reason, but this isn't yeah. a business. Uh, but the other reason is I don't know what I'm doing. And so that was one <laughs> less thing I had to learn. Uh, uh -huh. because at work, we don't use like built in in app purchases or anything yeah. like mm -hmm. that. Um, and, I did not want uh, to be experimenting with the thing that I'm charging people money for. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like the idea of getting it out there with something that was simpler. So mm -hmm. that was that was part of it. And then the other part of it was, like, I didn't know if I would keep up with this mm -hmm. afterwards. I didn't know how many people I was going to be dealing with or what kind of email support or anything like that. So I was like, anything I can do to sort of suppress <laughs> the numbers, which yeah. is a weird yeah. thing to say, but there's definitely an element to that. Uh, that was... That was that was a factor for sure, mm. uh, and it's just, hard, right? It's easy to for. I I feel bad if we would take money from people who just forget about the subscription, and it's yeah, easy, right? Yeah. I probably pay for something that I just forgot about, and I don't know. It it just feels very nice to just charge and and to get as much value out of it, and it's done rather than like right. Like we 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 like if we up, could do upgrade pricing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll ever get that to that point. Now. I don't yeah, I don't think we will. Because, <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's like, like, you guys are keeping up with doing regular releases. Mm. For mm. me, it's like a pandemic hit. And, like, I was really close to, to releasing. And I was like, I'm, I'm barely going to move for mm. a little bit. <laughs> and I didn't feel, like, pressure. Because 
like people that paid me for now it's like six dollars or well whatever it is in your local currency <laughs> it's like you paid for the app that's out there now mm. and i feel very good about that thing that you got mm. if i make no updates ever again like maybe you'll get mad at me but i personally don't feel feel bad <laughs> yeah. because i yeah. feel like i gave you something good for that for yeah. that money yeah. um but like i have no clue what the future is going to hold and i need the ability to like just say i'm literally going to do nothing for a year if yeah. i need to if something comes up mm. um and so that's that's what makes me really leery about subscriptions cuz i have ideas for like things i could add to it that would mm-hmm. that i could do you know i mean i it's a content app right mm-hmm. it's like one of the actual examples of what subscriptions are for mm. um so there's ways i could do it but it just makes me really scared to like set something up where users are going to give me money no matter what i actually do <laughs> uh because then like i'm beholden to to keeping up with that mm. in but a way that makes time, me uncomfortable you know you're not forcing people to stay subscribed if they don't think they get whatever your subscription number is per month of value out of it you know um we we consider building something for example if if you haven't used the app for your active subscriber but you haven't used it to maybe just send an email because we have a server right the server is already doing things oh yeah that's so we can actually send someone a reminder hey you're you're paying us but you're not using it if you want to support us awesome like keep it up but if you actually forgot about it here's a link to the app store where you can cancel subscription yeah because realistically we we don't we don't want people to pay for something that they're not using it's frustrating as a user and also um we don't want them to have to like go through the apple refund process in case they just forgot it for a while um so i think it's it feels better to potentially set something like that up and i think you're also probably in a situation where you have people that would like to give you money yeah and having an option for that to happen you know i'm i'm assuming you're not you know if if it's additive you're probably not taking everything else away from everyone mm-hmm. else right you you add more things that someone decides to give you money right. for and the expectation is sure it goes into development but they also want to support you as as someone who makes or they give you money based on the things you've done so far and you're not you're not you're not releasing like major updates every week at the moment. And then as soon as you start taking a subscription, you're like, all right, <laughs> just peace, uh, <laughs> leaning back is drinking margaritas at the beach or something. Right. <laughs> so you kind of set, set an expectation for existing users already. So I don't know. Um, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just, that's, those were kind of the things we were, ta- we were talking about and kind of trying to argue for why we should go subscription or shouldn't. And we kind of landed there. It's like, it's just means the user has a chance to say we no longer provide you no longer provide the value for me to that that for the money you're charging and they have a chance to opt out every month and uh other people that they want to support us in what we're doing have a chance to to do so um i mean we'll see i think i mean i think that's that that makes sense a lot of sense uh (laughs) and like even the part about like feeling guilty or like feeling like you need to do that. Part of that is, is literally the feeling the like Mm -hmm. pressure Mm -hmm. on myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Knowing that I don't have that is, is a nice thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the the nice thing about like going with subscription up front is presumably there is going to be a point in time where I'm going to have to make the choice. Uh, Do I do something to make more money Mm -hmm. out of Mm -hmm. this or Mm -hmm. do I just sort of, let it go Mm -hmm. like you know maybe i tinker with it or whatever Mm -hmm. but like right now i put a lot of work into it Mm -hmm. and it is worth doing putting a lot of work into it because it's paying out Mm -hmm. a decent Mm -hmm. amount of money but like 
eventually if that dries up it's kind of like okay does this become a small little experiment mm-hmm. that i play with every once in a while mm-hmm. or do i keep investing in it mm-hmm. and switching to something where you can have it pay the amount of money that you're putting into it uh mm. That's a painful process. <laughs> Starting as a subscription probably sucks, but switching to a yeah. subscription seems yeah. like that's a <laughs> deeply painful experience. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. If if, uh, if you're after more one star ratings on the app store, <laughs> switch your subscription now. That will take care of that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, right. I, I definitely have a big head uh, a little bit with my you know nice nice rating uh, yeah. because <laughs> the only people that can you know rate are the ones who actually paid for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which inflates those a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing is. Like, I have done no market research to know if this matters or not, but <laughs> I did get myself into most of those, uh, like, lists that they make that are related to white noise or mm-hmm. soothing mm-hmm. sounds or whatever. And there's definitely, like, a noticeable trend where almost all of them say, get mm-hmm. IAP under mm-hmm. it. And mine just says a price. Yeah. And, like, there's part of me that's like, I bet, like, that feels like that's a feature. <laughs> the fact that it doesn't say, like, if I added tips, mm-hmm. one, I've heard... Most people say, like, most people, like, yes, people put money in there, which is cool feeling, mm-hmm. but it's not a real mm-hmm. amount of money that mm-hmm. you're actually going to get compared mm-hmm. to the pain of yeah. setting all of that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it adds that badge. And yeah, I feel like yeah. Yeah. it's a good point. I've been a little bit bullied into this mindset, I'll, I'll admit, because I get a lot of emails that are like, thank you for being the only non-super uh, <laughs> uh, greedy developer who's not using... Uh, uh, subscriptions yeah. <laughs> they're always like uh, well I guess if I add that this person is going to just be super angry at me now <laughs> so like it's a successful annoying email to get where it's like that guilt that you're applying to me but it's also self-selecting right people people that go with your app are the ones partially ones that just want a nice white noise app mm-hmm. but also partially people that don't want a subscription so if you have a higher like no matter what you're doing in the future right. at the moment yeah that's a good point i didn't think you have a higher like rate of people that want to pay up front than an app that is a subscription app <laughs> I, I have created a, a monster <laughs> <laughs> Um, to be clear uh it's not like i'm saying i i want to switch to subscriptions or no something. no it's it's just like <laughs> i don't know what it looks like hmm. when hmm. when sales inevitably decline or yeah. does the gr- natural growth of the app store hmm. as people come in yeah, um, yeah and me being small enough is that enough to sustain hmm. it just yeah. on paid up front because yeah. yeah yeah there are apps that have been around since the dawn of the app store that are hmm. paid up front that yeah. are still the main thing but but there are so many apps now that's also have been there for a long time that do start to have to look at some other other way of, of make, continuing to make money because someone might have paid you like two dollars seven years ago and it's not like it's not enough to continue keeping up with the app anymore so it's it's a tricky scenario just because like you, i understand it from a user's perspective that you don't want to continue paying a subscription for every single app you're using but at the same time it's it's very difficult for developers to keep it going for such a long time um i can imagine because realistically i do think subscription has i i, I myself don't really like subscription so it's, <laughs> it's weird for me to argue for that side but i think that's a common uh, feeling yeah <laughs> but just thinking about it it, it does align quite nicely right because app development the very least you'll do and probably for as long as you want to support your app is yearly updates you know that's the absolute minimum you want to do or mm. need to do because iris 14 probably breaks some stuff changes some stuff that you need right. to stay up to yeah. date with but you're 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 not getting 
any like you're not being paid for that time you w were already paid for that and the older your app gets the longer ago you've been paid for that yeah so in in five years you might have users that paid you for for the, your first release of dark noise like five five six seven years ago mm -hmm. and and it's it's hard because you also if realistically as long as you have ideas that you want to add to the app it's it's also kind of nice for users to know that there is for you for you a financial like alignment to maintain this long term you, you know it, it is weird when because paid up front at some point it switches right at some point you actually spend more if you like get a i don't know like a hundred percent market saturation it switches right where you every minute you spend you're actually losing money because you're not mm. selling more of it you're just maintaining people that paid you a long time ago and right i don't think mm iOS apps or macOS apps for that matter in general software uh, that is not enterprise software has enough margin that you know early days iOS when you sold like a small app that took you months to make for $20 and you had you know basically everyone on the app store buy it mm -hmm. that might um, uh, sustain you for many many years but mm -hmm. I, we're not really in that period of, of like where people are that willing to pay for things just to check them out anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think... do wonder like and then other factors like Apple's clearly pushing subscription, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Apple's says, hey, do you want to pay pay us half of what you're paying us in the first year and the mm. second year? If so, then maybe make make your thing a subscription and all of a sudden you're like ten dollars uh turns into like you know you're not paying you're not giving three dollars to apple but only dollar fifty that's mm -hmm. that is like a very clear incentive because how where else in in the ecosystem if you make apps that don't have like hardware components can you increase your margin by like that significant amount again it's so it's hard, right? It's it's a hard balance. I don't know <laughs> where I lay with that either. But I thought for us, it's like we expect people to rely on what we're building, right? It's like yeah. for time tracking, invoicing, we 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 thought we needed this to be aligned because we cannot realistically we can we cannot and do not want to abandon orbit for for next ten years. Mm. So it's like we needed something that even if it's even if it's like only fifty a hundred users. If as long as people keep paying us, it's it's enough that we want to use it, and we there's some kind of financial uh, handcuffs that force us to like feel guilty if we wouldn't <laughs> keep up with all yeah, the new things. Yeah. And I think that's why we are so like we really want to continuously release updates because we feel like we don't want to hold anything back because the people are continuing paying every month. So we try to rather have like small iterations, and we also decided to have our roadmap available like publicly so people can see that like maybe there's a feature they're waiting for and they're more comfortable subscribing because they know that what we, right. they what they're looking for is coming down the line and they are fine to pay a few months uh, waiting for that but it's hard this this kind and, of I mean you guys thing. have you guys have servers too yeah. so like the number of monthly active users you have uh or active users you mm. have like that costs you money so mm. like mm. if i can keep a user from costing me any money mm. then that's if true. 10 years from now uh if i have 40,000 active users mm. it's kind of like sure they matter <laughs> but really what matters is you know the the growth right because yeah. for a paid up front the only mm. time you get paid is a new person coming mm. in mm. but if you can sustain yourself on the natural growth of the app store mm -hmm. like mm. new people coming into the app store cuz they just got their first phone mm -hmm. or whatever mm. Then theoretically, you could keep that going forever. Mm -hmm. But it's like, 
there's only a few things. I mean, Peacock is kind of the example I always think of in my head. I don't know, you know, his financials or anything, but I do notice that there's not a server component to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably has a ridiculous amount of people who've bought his app, mm-hmm. but a calculator is probably something that's extremely commonly downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've learned, white noise is also surprisingly <laughs> an absurdly common thing that uh, it's like a utility that most people or a large amount of people just happen to already have on their on their phone um so theoretically that's possible just alone the selling point makes your kid fall asleep or stop (laughs) crying you know that that that's such a good selling point that you have there how many apps can say that (laughs) i mean that's why i had one because i i used to be on android and Mm -hmm. coming over to ios that's kind of part of this whole backstory thing and my wife always listened to white noise going to or uh, fans going to sleep but we Mm -hmm. never used our phones it wasn't until we had kids and we're like holy cow, he falls asleep in the car. Mm-hmm. I bet we can like play that in a speaker or like, replicate it. And then you're, you know, you're searching car sounds yeah. on your phone and you're like, oh, cool. This is a whole genre. Uh, <laughs> and then you like try different ones, heartbeats mm. or whatever. Basically, you just try anything you possibly mm. could to make a kid fall asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's a bunch of hardware ones too that come on cribs. And so that also kind of guides you yeah. and the first time you go on vacation and lose it you're like oh no what am i gonna do <laughs> and, and i'm then, sure oh, have a- is, is cheaper than one of those hardware ones right yes <laughs> that is that is true <laughs> yeah um, although but- not your phone i guess <laughs> um, we, but yeah yeah we should probably start wrapping up oh man we got about through like a quarter <laughs> uh, i just oh. had one quick question um so, since you do have um like how do you continue getting more users interested in the app um like so how do you like since you do rely on the sort of reoccurring stream of new users do you have any like do you do any like paid marketing i saw you pay do you have a like search ads on the app store yeah i do have the like the nice thing about paid up front is uh you can set your search ads uh price to be (laughs) i will pay uh less than the amount that (laughs) Yeah, I get for each sale, so I literally can't lose money on it. Um, it's still annoying that you know, <laughs> if you search for my app, like a lot of times you see an ad for my app, and then if you click on that, which obviously yeah. that's what you would do, mm-hmm. Apple's taking more, yeah. even more than their thirty percent, and it's like ah, that's okay, great. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, though, I don't do any other paid marketing. Uh, like I said, I. I guess the the one thing I haven't done in terms of putting on different hats for business for this is like. Uh, I don't know what you call it because I I do marketing, but like not um, uh, like analytical based marketing or anything mm-hmm. like that. I don't I don't have like a newsletter or mm-hmm. uh, I'm not trying to build. I don't know a a group of people that I can talk to in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I guess Twitter is kind of yeah in kind effect of, yeah. that as well as like my test flight. Um, I do when I do new features, I try to kind of gin those up and promote mm-hmm. those. Um, I haven't, I haven't treated it like a business in the sense that I'm trying to grow revenue or anything like that, but I've definitely taken the opportunities, uh, to make big splashy launches whenever mm. I can, which, uh, dark noise too, obviously being the big mm. one with that. And I definitely give myself an extra week or so, uh, after when I think I can be done with something to just spend on like marketing things, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. 
like you know updating the website making a press kit that, that product video is really nice by the way yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the videos it. that's another one I, I love doing that stuff and so it's uh-huh. like an excuse to make a sort of over-the-top video <laughs> and and that can you know help get some attention I, mm. I really try to make the day of a launch like hard to not see it somewhere mm-hmm. on the internet mm-hmm. somehow mm. um and so yeah. I, I definitely do that and i think if i was trying to make this a business and I wanted to stay paid up front. Like that's the, you have to do that at least once a year. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Probably more often. Is that your plan to kind of take m- more and more of your revenue or of your income coming from, from your own efforts? Uh, well, I mean, all my plans are sort of thrown out. Cause right now I just want <laughs> some stability. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> i'm about to become a teacher stay at home teacher and uh, yep. a worker and so who knows what's gonna go on this <laughs> is one of the nice things about being paid up front right yeah. <laughs> i don't know what the fall is gonna look like yeah. uh, i'm a little scared to be honest with you but uh but no i like I, I don't have like an explicit goal of make this my main source of income okay. but mm-hmm. at the same time i definitely have been thinking like okay what are the like i don't think i could go independent without having a couple different streams of income mm. because I'm mm-hmm. a scaredy cat and <laughs> I'd like to hedge my bets. And so, uh, having different avenues of like, okay, I could make money consulting maybe in this way or, or doing marketing videos. Like that's, you know, a form of income <laughs> I could have, or, uh, uh, even if I could turn a podcast into something that could make money, mm-hmm. that's something I've dabbled with at least understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's it's very much on my mind uh mm. but yeah. united states uh health insurance situation yeah yeah and me being a general just scaredy cat make that mm. maybe the not a super likely scenario yeah. yeah that was when we moved to canada that was we got permanent residency a year ago two years ago like one and a half yeah that was such a relief that you're like all right health insurance is now i think the first months <laughs> the first few months it was twenty dollars yeah. but i went and to the doctor th- and i was like so can I just leave? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we have it in Sweden too. It's just like, I have been, before this, I, I wasn't on a permanent residency and I had to pay for things. So I was just very pleasantly surprised. But it's also then, then they completely, we, we already thought $20 a month. All right. That's no matter how, how early we're in our business, we thought $20 we'll find. Um, well, now they, in, in British Columbia, where we live, they, they completely waived healthcare contributions. So it's just free. You, you still have to register, which is a bit weird. And I don't really understand why you would need to register. Cause I feel like that somehow disadvantages people un, un, unfairly because if everyone gets it for free, might as well opt everyone in. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, now it's completely free and that's making, making that jump of like, all right, let's give this a shot and like, let's see, let's see where we get. It just takes that entire risk out of it. And I think that really helps to, to try to become an indie. And I think that is, that is, that is hard, right? Every time I listen to a podcast, like when I, when I hear Marco talk about the insurance he's paying, that's like a lot of yep. indies would be happy if they would make that much money and he's paying that for insurance alone. Yeah. For bad insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that, that is, that is always, I, I don't know. That would completely change our equation as well. If there's such a fundamental extra yeah. burden. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how what kind of impact that would have on the indie scene if that would be something that would be more more reliably available to everyone, even if they try no to do something it, new. It has an impact on 
the amount of small businesses that start mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> in this country because everybody I ever talked to, that's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, usually also, the, the key is to have a spouse that has a, mm-hmm. a job where they can, you can get on their insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really frustrating. <laughs> but also like funding, right? If, if, if we would have started this in the US, we might've tried to find some investments, like mm-hmm. try to look for VC or, or some seed funding because there are certain things we need, right? Now, when we started, we already had computers. <laughs> we already had this closet to work from. You know, <laughs> it was like it was super easy to get started. Yeah. Um, well, well, those kind of factors would kind of change quite significantly, I would imagine, in in other places. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Sorry for taking so much of your time. Or thank you yeah, for we, spending time. We can with just us. sneak in a conversation about the App Store uh, and uh, <laughs> Fortnite <laughs> in a post show. See, you I got put eight that hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come back for that. What was the latest development now? Did Epic, Apple now announced that they will revoke access for for to developer tools for Epic on the twenty eighth. Yeah. I, for the sake of uh, whoever has to edit this, uh, I will refrain because I will go just start talking for uh, <laughs> a long time. I don't get to work within a room with people where I can distract all of my coworkers uh, <laughs> with pointless uh, conversations about giant businesses. So uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been quite the story. Yeah. Cool. It's all right. It's, uh, yeah, entertaining to say the yeah. least. <laughs> but it's also um, now you okay. get started. That's <laughs> See, also, yeah. See, this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> this this is why this this entire. But let's not go into too much depth of all the intricacies. But just on a higher level, that's what makes this one so interesting. Like it makes it super interesting to observe because Epic, no matter like if you want to pick sides or don't pick sides or just there for for the show, Epic is a company that has certain levels of interest in mm-hmm. this in, in, uh, in this kind of construct of the app store but also their company that focuses and has focused for years on entertainment so they know how to do the entertainment yeah. side, right <laughs> yes and and there were there were other companies they were like basecamp they're, they're doing cool software but they're definitely not an entertaining entertainment company right so they you know can drama see yeah, <laughs> how to gin up a conversation, we'll say. Yeah. Well, uh, Epic just had like this this kind of render yeah, rendered like video yeah. and, and everything or- was very orchestrated. Like, yeah, yes, just exactly. This is, especially for a company like Apple that always wants to be like Apple wants to not talk about things they don't want to talk about, but Epic is kind of doing the exact opposite where they make this entire firework of a show around their <laughs> their kind of the push and <laughs> Apple is forced into they, 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 you can see they don't want to talk about it, but they're being forced by all mm-hmm. those kind of incentives, by all those kind of events to somehow talk about it. And you see this kind of cla- cultural clash between the two. So I'll, I'll, I think this is the most interesting kind of shift in, in kind of conversation about the app store I've seen in a long time, just because those companies are so different and Epic being so good at trying to, to mess with yeah, Apple's It's policies. unignorable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who in our, industry wouldn't have seen something around this kind of controversy and this kind of battle, I've right? I've talked to very much non-technical people who've brought mm. it up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm just like, careful. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we should we should call it at this, but yeah, we'll be, I think we'll be a few interesting couple of weeks and months ahead of ourselves too. I'm so excited for all the podcasting we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice yeah. for us, like we're, we're not putting our billions of dollars in, in at risk, right? We're just sitting you, here watching, just watching the show. Best case scenario, we pay less in commission. <laughs> mm. Right. 
So it's, there's yeah. not a lot for us to lose. So just, just sit back and enjoy. Cool. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. No, talking thanks to for you. having me. <laughs> Sorry for getting only to about a quarter of our topics. Uh, I guess <laughs> we got to do this life. again at some point. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanna wanna say before before we wrap this? I don't think so. All right, then everyone download Dark Noise too. Listen to mm-hmm. launchfm.com. By the way, uh, did you not get launched.fm or was .fm just unreasonably <laughs> uh, expensive? I mean, I, they're like eighty dollars a year. Or I something. know yeah. it's it's uh, surprisingly expensive. <laughs> well, so I believe. Wow. Okay. It's. I think it's an <laughs> island nation that owns uh, yeah. FM, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. And so it's literally a source of revenue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is fair, you know. Yeah. Good on them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but lucky, lucky. <laughs> whatever cheap. the country name is, it's a lucky name to have had in in the in the yeah. time of podcasting. And I mean, networks can usually pay quite a lot. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just I tend to, I well before dark noise I always acted like any project a side project i was going to do it needs to be like net neutral in terms mm-hmm. of uh 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 like how much i spend on it mm-hmm. um but I, so even like my old podcasts i built some really convoluted uh system for hosting it on aws and uh-huh. <laughs> a terrible electron app for uh, creating the feeds and it's the whole thing which i still use uh for i have like a whole beta feed to give uh guests like before oh, i release it i give them a um, yeah sense. Um, which is nice because I do multiple listens anyway, mm-hmm. and one of them I listen to on my phone, mm-hmm. and I want to listen to Overcast because I want to speed up the audio, mm-hmm. and I want it to be part of. And then it's like, well, I might as well just make it a podcast. And mm-hmm. then, oh, I have this whole ridiculous system I used to use. I'll just use that. And so, yeah, I have this really simple uh thing that makes it easy for a uh, uh, a host that I pay money to make it easy for me to do a podcast, yeah. and then. I go ahead and do my manual convoluted one anyway, so I can have my, my own personal one. So all that to say, I tend to try to not spend uh, as much money as I can unless I'm going to make money off of it yeah. because I'm cheap. And so that's why I have launched FM.com, which is a pretty terrible uh, domain name. But yeah, we, we were in the same situation. We, we looked at it and we were like, oh, FM is available. Let's get that one. $80 a year? Yeah. <laughs> all right. right .com yeah, exactly. it is. <laughs> Or now we actually have .tech, which is also surprisingly cheap. You would think tech yeah, is also like an industry with yeah. money, but no, techs are, tech are cheap. I mean, it is an industry yeah, with money. Those are but nice. Dot <laughs> apps are uh, pretty cheap, too. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, there's awesome. like restrictions. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we will put a link to everything in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with... Um, uh, how do you pronounce your domain, uh, your Twitter handle? Is it Chucky C? Uh, yeah, Chucky C. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with Charlie, um, then just go to Chucky C underscore. Okay, you say it. I'm sorry. It's uh, underscore Chucky C. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm like reading it. I'm like Chucky Y C. No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah. It, this is one of those uh, like you know early early Gmail days when it was like still like a singular double invite, and my dad's like. Hey, I got this Gmail thing. You can make, <laughs> you can get any name you want. And I'm like, Oh, we'll use the one I use on Xbox. And he's like, Are you serious? 
you could get yeah. Charlie Chapman, and I didn't understand what that meant. And yeah. now, I think yeah, now I'm Kai was in the same situation. Yeah. Didn't you used to have Kai on Don't Twitter? Don't mention it. Yeah, I had like a, oh, three I just letters? had my name in, on Twitter. I was like, I, at the time, I was I, I played a lot of basketball. I was not into tech. I was mostly like I played streetball every day. Uh, I was super into basketball. Basketball was my life. I was like, and and I could jump. So my nickname was very creatively uh, chosen by my teammates as Air Kai. Ah. That's pretty uh, so good. I was like, "Cool, let's let's you know use Airkai as uh, as my Twitter handle." And then years later, I was like, "All right, let's maybe switch it just to my name Taken. Let's switch to first name last name Taken." And of course, always Taken by Twitter accounts who've not tweeted since like nineteen twelve. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is my name. It's like yeah. literally like one tweet that says "okay" or something from like twenty thirteen or something. it's like. Really, I can't somehow pay somebody to get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for for whoever holds my account, the the one tweet is "Let's go to the gym." <laughs> it's like, thanks, thanks, guy. Oh man, cool, awesome. All right, thank you so much. I'll stop the recording. So because otherwise we just keep on going. <laughs>